Do you ever look in the mirror and just think, wow, that is the complete package? Every day. Well, get ready to do it some more because today's podcast is all about us. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> You've got the dummies, Ben and JJ, coming at you with wisdom from the Bible and beyond. This is Dummies with Wisdom. I promise you, this was a question submitted to us. Uh, coming in from Hunter on Facebook. Thanks, Hunter, for the uh, for the questions. He he gave us quite a few, so we're uh, we're gonna do uh, just one of them here, or one set of them. Uh, he asks, "How did we come to our current views? Why did we transition out of the Baptist denomination? What faith did we grow up in? What are some spiritual challenges that we fought through that others might be encouraged by? What scriptural encouragement would you give yourself five years ago?" What areas of ministry have you been involved in, and what areas do you feel passionate about? What brought you to Christ? And there might be a couple other if we have time, but right. uh, we're gonna we're gonna start with that one. So let's just start off the bat there with, uh, why aren't you a Baptist? Why am I not oh, a Baptist? Let, let, let's give the backstory just for if anybody doesn't know. We went to Cedarville University, which is a Baptist college, right. and while we were there, we went to Baptist churches. So th- that's where that question's coming from. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily grew up. Baptist, but I think I definitely grew up conservative, which I think is where like the tone of a lot of like our podcast kind of comes from. Um, especially on my end, it's just that definitely have a more conservative worldview. Um, my my mom actually came to Christ after she got married to my dad. My dad grew up in uh, like the Southern Baptist Church, and so definitely grew up in like that more rooted, just conservative ism. Uh, and then going through middle school and high school, I was in those Baptist churches. And so I think that's where my theology really comes from. So that's why I would say I come more from a Baptist background. It's just cause that's where that formation really came from. But yeah. I don't think necessarily, um, it was a moving away from like the Baptist church or anything. I think I would have, you could have probably given me any de- denomination in that I could have grown up in. And I probably would have moved away from that just because I truly believe that um, we should be seeking for the truth. And I don't think any one denomination is going to have it right. Um, And so far, just in my very limited young experience, I've kind of found that not being tied down to denomination has made it much easier to talk to people of all denominations and try to be a part of that goal of let's find truth and, um, you know, move forward with what actually the Lord wants us to do. Are you purposely not Baptist or you're not going to a Baptist church right now? Is that on purpose or is that just by chance? Um, mostly by chance, but there is that little bit of a nugget where, and I think that's the probably the negative part of like, I recognize that the, the bias against that. I don't want to call, call it ultra conservatism, but Baptist does just because of some of our, some of our slash my past experiences with the Baptist church. There is that little bit of a nugget of, selfishness that i don't really or maybe not even self selfishness but like hesitancy toward yeah. that denomination of just like maybe a little bit of laziness laziness too of not wanting to get involved in it again but yeah personally uh same kind of thing except i wasn't the the first baptist thing that i ever did was uh going to cedarville and same as you though i grew up very uh conservative uh 
the church I grew up in until I was in fifth grade, um, by the time we left was 70 or 80 people. So real small traditional church. Um, always, I mean, I, I grew up in a farm town of 500 people. So, I mean, right. It, it wasn't, I didn't go to a Baptist church, but I mean, it might as well have been Baptist because it was very conservative, very, a lot of the same um, kind of theological and yeah. doctrinal convictions aside mm-hmm. from, um, I didn't grow up Calvinist at all. So any, any sort yeah. of Calvinism doctrine is, is not part of my story at all. No, but I agree with you. It makes it easier to, I mean, I, I'm not tied down to denomination. I mean, I've said it before on this podcast that I've been a part of uh, six or seven denominations over my life in, in various ways. And I think it, it, when you're not tied to a denomination in any way, it, it gives you that there's no us versus them mentality when you're not part of a denomination. Um, no, sorry, not part of a denomination, but when you are personally not, when you don't identify with a denomination. Um, I mean, I, I really get annoyed by the people that are like, you know, they're non denominational or, or whatever, and they're just like, no, we just love Jesus. Like, yeah, so do all of us. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> but, like, we're, we, I mean, to be honest, like, yes, that's true. We all love Jesus, but, um, and denominations are good. We've talked about that. But when we identify with a denomination, you start to have an us versus them mentality. And I think you can see that across all different denominations of all sizes, uh, in, in the States. But, um, so I was never really associated with the Baptists. Um, so I didn't really transition out of it. I'm just, you know, whatever is there, um, that I want to be a part of. There's a lot of great Baptist churches. I live in the Pacific Northwest. There's no Baptists even up here. Um, so, um, I think Baptists have like such a, like so much of conservative theology comes from what Baptists either, what either comes from the Baptists or like was almost filtered through the Baptists at some point, you know? So I think that's where. Well, any, any good theological book that you get is probably going to be Baptist or at least Baptist related Mm -hmm. in some way. I mean, the Baptist church is so, well, Southern Baptist especially is so huge. You know, they got their own seminaries, they got their own publishing wings, they got all kinds of stuff that you can't do without a, you know, the, without the money and the people backing it. So, you know, we're not, we're not hating on the Baptists um, per se, just like we're not, I mean, we're, we'll hate on the Baptists just like we hate on anybody else. Because um, our problem, our problem is not with the Baptist denomination, it's with a lot of what's going on within the Baptist denomination right now. And I think my biggest problem too, like along with that is I think this can go along. You, you kind of touched on it too, but not like someone tying themselves to a denomination and like, this is what I align myself with theologically. And I just have yeah. a problem with that mentality of surely you have not ravaged through all the scriptures and found all the answers. Right. that lines you know that's it and i don't mind someone like aligning with it for certain other reasons but when you're aligning with it strictly because of theology or it's what makes you feel good or what you know you're comfortable with that's that's where i have my problem and so right. that's where and, i found I mean, it a lot easier to be you know crossed and not non-denominational but like cross-denominational yeah. maybe right maybe that's a good word for it well, i mean think about it if you're tied to denomination of whatever that denomination may be and you will only go to a church that is that denomination. You only want to support missionaries and organizations that are tied to that denomination. Like you're, you're yeah. missing out on well, exactly. not, not you per se. Like you are limiting how God can use you and your money and whatever else. If you will only do a certain denomination. I mean, that's, 
there's so much theologically there too. If you are so tied to a denomination that you won't even consider anything that's outside the denomination, you are no longer a Christian on the, of the big C church. You are a Baptist. You are a Methodist. Mm. You are whatever. And yeah. I don't want to be in that. I've never been in that. I've never felt like I identify with the denomination. And I'm not going to start now. So neither right. one of us, we have problems with what's going on within the Southern Baptist realm. And I think that being the biggest denomination, um, at least in America, possibly the world. I mean, it's easy to see a lot of what's going on, big scale, but neither one of us have any uh, problems on the, you know, like local church side of it per se, just because we have problems with everybody, but not not just mm-hmm. because somebody is Baptist. So we, we didn't right. really transition out per se. We just were never really in it. Um, so we kind of hit by what faith we grew up in. Um, Wanted to uh, just talk about how you came to Christ then? I think that might piggyback decently well out of that yeah sure um like i said grew up in the church um never i never had had that moment that i look back and think that's when i like wasn't saved and then came to christ there was that moment where i had where i finally understood and my parents were encouraged me growing up not to not to you know be the five-year-old who who goes up because the speaker basically says here's some hell insurance and I mean, they didn't dis- discourage that, but they encouraged me to when when you un- like when you understand when the spirit works within you, you'll know you don't need to do it when you're five. You don't need to do it when you're six. You know, we hope that you'll do it someday, but like, don't feel pressured. And which I think was, you know, great on, on their behalf, because I I finally had that moment when I was, I think, 11. Um, but yeah, didn't didn't really have never really had that moment of. Here's when I wasn't saved. Here's when I was mm-hmm. saved. But when I was about eleven or so, that was when I felt like I really understood exactly what was going on, yeah. and that I wanted to to buy into it. Um, and then I got baptized soon, you know, soon thereafter. Mm. Um, but I would say so. That's that's you know that'd be my story of coming to Christ. But I don't think I really had the full buy-in uh, for another six, seven, eight years after that. And I think I'm really kind of hitting that stride now um which i mean that's not to discredit that you know my testimony that was sure fake or anything but i i I think that there's a difference too between sometimes especially when you grew up in the church there can be a Mm -hmm. difference between the point where you're like where you say yes i believe and then when you're like okay i i believe but i'm actually all in on this stuff i'm not just believing it i'm here to live it and i think that came later uh in my life but you know to you know simplify that up i um, you know, grew up in the church, grew up hearing all the Bible stories, and finally uh, decided that that's what I truly believed when I was, you know, eleven years old or so. Yeah, mine's actually pretty similar, as at least timeline wise. Um, I grew up with both my parents were very much on the, um, like my, my dad grew up a believer, my mom had just become a believer, but my dad was going through this new phase of trying to really figure out what he was on the back end of this new like self study of why do I believe, you know what I believe, you know, and really trying to take that deep dive. And they both were just in this really cool, this period of life of just being on fire for scripture and knowledge. And so that's why I grew up in like super early on and like all the, everything they had on TV was just, you know, Jesus, 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 everything that they were talking about was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So I just got, you know, 24 seven of it constantly just being, you know, thrown at me, you know, just because of the conversation they were having. So, um, I remember, having just kind of my i remember thinking about it and i was like oh yeah everyone's been you know they keep talking about accepting jesus into your heart and it's a prayer and so i remember you know 
I think I even remember I laugh now because I'm pretty sure I was like upside down on our couch and I was praying to Jesus like, hey, you know, <laughs> I want to be a part of the club. Um, and then I remember going to tell mom and she was like, are you sure? And I don't remember the rest of the whole conversation, but she's, you know, she's told me a bunch about it. And, you know, we went back and forth and obviously I understood it. But kind of the same thing as you, like it took a little bit from that, you know, almost seven, six year old, seven year old mindset of I should do this to a. I want to be a part of this so that this is definitely something bigger this is something real um i was doing a little vbs kind of esque almost like street evangelism class at our youth group and uh i was catching up on some the classes that we were doing and so i yeah. brought the film home and was watching it and uh for whatever reason just the way that they laid it out i was like hmm for whatever like it's, it's, it was the same old stuff i've always heard it wasn't anything different it's just for whatever reason sitting there it was almost like a you know, I'm about to go do this thing. And then the Lord just kind of hit me. and was like, Hey, let's get in this like for real. And like, let's make it yours. And so I think from that point on like that emotional get in the game moment, you know, I, was, I think I was yeah, 12 or 13, something around there. Um, but I've also been blessed. Both my parents have been so, um, outreach driven and, uh, missionally minded and world minded like let's get out of our bubbles and like get yeah. outside and like go explore and like go do that type of thing so i think that's also been a huge part of my testimony of going out to really trying to reach the ends of the earth and uh, reach people for jesus let's try and hit these two questions uh, pretty quick he says what are some of the spiritual challenges you fought through that others could be encouraged by and then kind of on that same train of thought what scriptural encouragement would have you given yourself five years ago I think the struggles, um, I think with my, like my personality and like being like a sports guy and growing up with, you know, always playing sports and even being the air force is very like team oriented. Um, almost that it's that cool guy mentality. And like, you're trying to almost put on, like you're always competing. You're always putting on this, maybe facade is the right word. And so I think one of the biggest areas I've struggled with is like truly being honest, not only with people, but even with myself of my own struggles and my own sinful nature and not just like not discarding um, like sin for what it is, but also at the same time giving credit where credit is due. Like if the Lord has allowed me to do something really cool, actually like being proud of that, you know? And so I think that's, that's some ways of I've kind of lived in this middle ground of almost neutrality. And I think that, and, but that's also seeped into like both small things and big things. Um, Like we've talked about, like whether it's um like sexual temptation or it's uh like alcoholism and like stuff like that not that i'm alcoholic but like you get into those spheres of the big things but then you get into little things of like oh let's skirt the corner i can maybe i can you know cheat on this test you know we'd have those uh bible or not bible those uh, book uh Oh, what they call them? Like at school, we'd always have the uh, the honesty quiz on whether you're not you oh, read the yeah. book or not. And it was <laughs> like even like those things. But like always, I remember if if we were to come back to the core of any of those issues, um, and any issue I've had in my life, that's always been kind of the core of it. Is like my pride's on the line. I'm going to kind of keep this to myself. I'm not going to make it anything big. So I think that's something that I've always tried to. I've had to skirt around is that neutrality of. You know, especially the the bad stuff, you know, deal with it, you know, whether it's getting out in the open or actually being honest about it, but also on the other side of being proud and willing to let the Lord kind of um, allow you to have that moment with him and the, and the good things too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was trying to think. <laughs> been a lot of spiritual challenges. I think we've all been through a lot of spiritual challenges, and just trying yeah. to think through um, what one to to say here. I think um, for those of you who don't know, I went into college as a mechanical engineer and switched at the end of my our first day of classes, and since then I've lived in four states within three and a half years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe four years by now, but four different states. Um, that's been um, hell at times. I mean, we moved to the state of Washington in the middle of the COVID pandemic, um, and I don't know where you're listening from, but here <laughs> they truly believed it was a full-scale pandemic. When we got here, nothing was open. We didn't meet people for about five or six months, and uh, because because I answered that calling that I believe God has given me, I've been through... What year is it? 2022? <laughs> um, we graduated <laughs> in 19, so uh, about three years now of not doing what I feel like. You know, I've, I, I had what I wanted to do, and then I had what God called me to do. And I took everything that I wanted in that moment and threw it out the window and said yes. And I went through college thinking, okay, once I get to the end, he'll let me know. I, have, mm. I, need not, I don't need to worry about all about that. He'll let me know. And uh, then I put a ring on the finger of a girl who was joining the Air Force and uh, everything went out the window then because now I can't move to where I want. I can't just go get a job wherever I want. Suddenly the Air Force is dictating where I get to live. And to this day, I haven't still haven't been able to actually do what I feel called to do. And I still I'm not certain on what exactly I feel called to do, but I know that that calling is still there. And I still have that trust, even though it's been really difficult at times. And I mean, who wants to move to four different states in four different years? I mean, mm. yeah, it's cool to see new places, but when you can't even establish yourself at all in any way, that's tough. I mean, when you can't yeah. even, I mean, you find a church that's decent and you go to that church because you don't have time to look around for another one kind of thing, or um, you have to find out where you're going to live through the internet and never get to see it in person until you show up kind of thing. Um, and so yeah. there's been a lot of struggles with that. I know I'm kind of going on here, but I think you, the the whole lesson I've learned from that is like, you, you just got to trust God that he knows what he's doing and that he has a plan for you. And that mm. that plan, nothing says that plan is going to be great through the whole time. There's nothing in the Bible that says that when God, I mean, for crying out loud, God called Paul and he got shipwrecked and whipped and stoned. And I mean, I'm pretty sure Paul in that moment was not like, Oh yes, I am. So I'm fulfilling God's calling in my life. I'm sure he was like (laughs) that rock hurt. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. uh, So I think that, you know, you just, you just keep trusting. And even in, even throughout this whole thing, throughout this, now, I mean, that's seven years ago that I switched my major, and now I'm um, about six months away from getting a master's, and it's it's all preparation for something. I might not know what that is, but he does, and he's writing the story, and I'm just following along with the audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> I that. that was stupid, but I think it worked. <laughs> I think it worked. Um, so then... Five years ago, what uh, what advice would you have given yourself? Or um, I guess now, what you would you what advice would you give yourself five years ago? This might sound stupid, but I don't care. Uh, actually, it proves it if it's stupid. Uh, one of my uh, the verses I I try to brand my life with is Second Corinthians five thirteen. Uh, 
it says, for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. I think it's the NIV that renders it as, uh, if we are out of our minds, it is for Christ. If we're in our right sound mind, it's for you. And I, I've, I've had that verse like in my heart, on my mind for years, but mm-hmm. only more recently have I really thought about it and really thought, what does that mean to, you know, be an idiot for Christ, essentially, you know, doing yeah. stuff in a way that makes people say he's out of his mind. And right. that's, if, if I could go back five years, it would be to, to start that mentality. Even if I, even if I can't really do, do anything per se, when we were in college, um, I tried to volunteer at our church and basically got shut down. <laughs> That's a story for another time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not the first or the last, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, oh, that'd be a good podcast to do. That would be, uh, <laughs> that would be really good. <laughs> just like a comedy hour podcast on uh, why we suck. Uh, <laughs> stories, yeah. Um, oh, that's happening now. That's definitely happening. <laughs> um, but just just having that all-in mentality of in all things and Again, like we said, like the whole buy-in thing. Yeah, you can buy in, but I think I'm constantly, for lack of better illustration, I'm I, I'm continuing to throw more and more money into that pot. And if I could go back five years, it would be start that mentality sooner where it's even yeah. if you're only gonna live somewhere for four months, you can change you can change the world in four months. Mm. I mean, not yeah. not not to go political, but look what happened in one year of a Joe Biden presidency. Mm. Good and bad yeah if <laughs> you about yeah <laughs> he can he can't even get that out of his mouth <laughs> he about threw up <laughs> but good and bad yes good and bad well i mean I'm di- regardless of where you stand on the political sp- spectrum look at what one year did to not only our country but the entire freaking world now, i know that's the president but joe biden wasn't non-existent two years ago yeah. What he, everything he did. I don't know if this is actually right or not, but everything he <laughs> did led him up to that point where he became president oh, yeah. Yeah. and then did what he has done. Right. And I, I feel like I'm kind of in that spot right now where everything I'm doing is just preparing me for whatever is coming. Like I'm not. I don't feel like I'm really doing much right now. It's more of a. But I don't think that's bad. But yeah, I didn't have that the mentality that i do right now in accordance with that passage until recently where and recently meaning the last couple of years where it's like okay if if i'm if if god's not having me do something right now then i will do something to prepare for whatever i'm going to be doing because that time's gonna come so just because i'm not quote doing right now doesn't mean that i can't be you can never be too pre 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 prepared you know (laughs) (laughs) um honestly mine's pretty close to yours uh what i would told myself five years ago this has always been one of my favorite verses but just the carrying your cross follow me mentality kind of goes in with that all in um realizing now for whatever reason maybe it's just the occupation and the the people that i'm blessed to be around um and are willing to have these conversations and be real but it is a lot easier to be Jesus to non-believers than believers so yep. far. That's just been my yep. personal, that's growing up. That's how it was even now. Like I've had way more amazing conversations with more non-believers than believers. I've had some great conversations with believers, but the the quantity at least. And if anything, if I would go back five years ago, especially given 
where I was at, you know, said organization. Um, <laughs> I think being bold for Jesus among Christians. And I think that, yeah, if I could have done that five years ago, if I could have lived my life that I do at work in the thick of the, uh, my other brothers, other brothers and sisters, um, I may, I may have looked at my time at college a little differently and I still probably would have been pissed off, but I probably wouldn't have left it with as many, I don't want to say regrets, but, um, I could have, I could have been a part of the solution rather than just letting some things just kind of stagnate, I guess, if that makes sense. And I see that among a lot of believers and I see that among a lot of churches. And I think that's something where I'm really trying hard. Luckily I have a great church here and I've had that issue, but when that, when I do see that among brothers and sisters to be someone who's the light for them, not to just let them, you know, swallow yeah. and whatever. Cause I would hope that they would do the same for me. So let's hear, let's hear, uh, hit quick. The, uh, since that one clearly wasn't quick, <laughs> uh, the, what areas of ministry have you been involved in and what areas do you feel passionate about? So me and my family, we've been like very much just, I don't know, maybe on the offensive with just going out and trying to do these things ourselves. Like we've been very, um, uh, it's just always been something that's been on our heart to be a part of the the fight and be on the front lines of it. And it's taken us all over the place. We've lived all over the country. It took us all the way up to Alaska for that reason. Uh, we went to England. Uh, we've been over, we've done a bunch of stuff in the Middle East and I've been able to do a lot of stuff in like Central America and South, South America, like on my own, uh, with some really cool stuff from some really cool people. But, um, one of the big outreaches that we're, me and my family are involved in right now is the seed company. And not just seed company, but really Bible translation as a whole. And just trying to get uh, scripture, at least, it, it kind of depends on each language and place, but really the goal is to get uh, the gospel translated into every language by, I, I honestly can't remember the, the year anymore, but it's pretty quick, next under 20 years, I think. Um, and so that's something even growing up that me and my parents have put on our heart, or my parents really put on our hearts and the Lord's kind of as a family we've been able to do together. But then, um, another one that's always been on my heart, is just people of the middle East in general, which was really cool to be kind of a part of the Afghanistan stuff, uh, last fall. Um, I don't know. There's just, there's, I think the Lord has his hand on that people group in just a different way. And the culture, I love the culture there that so welcoming and very family oriented. Um, you know, very much like grounded in their roots. Um, there's something really special about that. And so being able to minister to those people, um, is also really, really special. But lately, this is the last thing, um, lately feel, I feel a pull to try to do something like, I don't know, there's, there's such a need locally and in the U S that I feel like we've as a, uh, what's the word as a church, I guess, as an American church, <laughs> Couldn't remember wow. the word church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As an American church. Maybe we should take uh, the name Wisdom off the title. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we've been... This is actually impressive. I still remember what I was going to talk about. Um, I think we've been so... Uh, so outside of our borders oriented, I guess, with trying to like spread the word to all nations 
where we've neglected locally and within yeah. our own borders what to do. And so I've just seen it lately, just a big need for that, which is kind of goes back to what I was talking about work, just trying to be that that light and have those conversations. Um, and it's definitely a different type of battle and different strategy, but um, it's been cool because it's, it's something that's, it's, I think a lot of people feel like it has to be a little more forced. And um, I think a lot of Christians are scared to go out into their own neighborhoods and their own communities and stuff. But um, I don't know. I think that's, if you look at how Jesus did his ministry, it doesn't have to be any more complicated than what he laid out for the mm-hmm. disciples. Just go out speak truth, love on people, um, feed them, you know, bring them in, just be Christ to them, you know? And I think right. that's, I think that's ultimately what's going to, um, you know, not necessarily save our world because Jesus will do that, but it's going to bring a lot more people on board, um, for when he comes. Yeah. Yeah. You, so you went more big picture. I'll go more small picture on what I've, uh, what ministries I've been involved in. Um, I've done a lot with, uh, uh, with worship in the past. Um, Currently serving on uh, our sound team at, at church, running, running sound uh, front of house and uh, and live stream stuff. Um, helped out with all of the uh, the production side or more of the production side um, in the past too. Especially when we went to into COVID stuff and everybody had to go to live stream. Helped out a little bit with with some of that stuff. Um, obviously helped out with the youth group back in the day. Done done some um, some missions trips and whatnot and trying to get more a little more involved with our church here with uh, uh, getting on the prayer team um, and, and hopefully doing some sort of a apologetics class uh, come fall or something. And that's honestly, that's kind of honestly with where, where you were going is, is where I'm kind of passionate to with, you know, stuff on the home front here. And uh, to me though, it's more, it's not just a matter of getting the name out and the salvation two people obviously that's incredibly important and the first step but i the problem i see with the american church is that we believe something but we either don't know why we believe it we either put all the weight on the wrong stuff or Mm. it's not just a matter of not knowing the gospel i mean that's obviously a problem too but we've got you know we're living in this time of just idiotic mentalities where if you say a man is not a woman you're going to get banned up from twitter if you, you know, if you say that uh, you shouldn't be able to give a six-year-old a sex change, suddenly that's controversial. And aside from the political side of that, because obviously that's very um, prevalent, the church doesn't know how to react to stuff like that. And, and mm. maybe the problem is that that's what we're doing. We're reacting instead of preemptively acting and knowing where we stand and knowing why we stand somewhere. And I mean... I'm I'm getting my master's right now in apologetics, and one of the classes, uh, the professor, the video, there was a video lecture, and he said, "Can we even define a miracle? What deems a miracle?" Mm. And to me, I'm like, I know what a miracle is. And as we went through the class, I was like, maybe I don't. I'm close. I'm in the realm. But then you know, I talked to people that are like, I lost my keys. I prayed that I'd find my keys. I found my keys. That's a miracle. Could that yeah. be God working? Absolutely. Was that a miracle? Unless that. Unless the laws of nature were somehow broken by you finding your keys, then I, that's probably not a, a miracle. But, we, but people, we don't know that. The American church is very stupid outside of the core message of the gospel. We know that we're sinners. We know that Jesus died on the cross. Even that, in that, we don't even like really talk about the resurrection. We just talk about the crucifixion, how he died for our sins. And if we put our faith in him, we go to heaven. But, I mean, pe- we, we just, people don't know stuff. And, yeah. I mean... 
we're, we're all in that camp to some extent, but I think that the American church has had it thrown, shoved down their throats so much, just the gospel itself. And again, I'm not downplaying the gospel. Gospel is very important. But if we're going to strengthen the church, we can't just strengthen it in number. We have to strengthen it by making it stronger and right. teaching stuff like apologetics and get, asking those questions and not just turning it, in it f- turning it from a, okay, what did Jesus mean by, by this parable? How do we apply it to our lives? All right, everybody go have Sunday lunch. And so mm. I'm very passionate about, I mean, that's where I'm planning on going in some way and somehow. I don't know how. Uh, we'll see when the time comes, but that's definitely where my passion is about strengthening the church. Because, I mean, like Matt Chandler says, you know, if he, you know he's pastoring a church of what, like 4,000, 5,000? Mm-hmm. And he, sa- he said a while back, he said, here's where we're going. And if in a year there's 40 of us on fire for God and that's it, I'd rather do... I'd rather do this with 40 people who are on fire than 5,000 people who are ho-hum about it. And I think yeah. that's that's the problem is that we have we already have that expectation that we're going to be down to 40 people. Mm. And unless we do something preemptively, yeah. Yeah. You, you can't react once the church is dead. So, right. I think that's yeah. I think that's about that's all we got. Stuff. Yeah. Thanks for letting us talk about us for a little bit. Thanks, Hunter, for uh, writing in those questions. He has a couple other here we'll have to get to at some other point, but we wanted to uh, to at least get through one of those. And, uh, I mean, talking about ourselves always helps other people out because then they can see how great we are exactly. and move forward from there, you know? It's a win-win. Hashtag be like Ben. Be like Ben. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Instead of BLM, it's BLB. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> all right. Let's see you all later. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this podcast of Dummies with Wisdom. To give us comments, ask questions, or submit pictures of other dummies you find in the wild, email us at dummieswithwisdom at outlook.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dummieswithwisdom. 